Welcome to a new episode of Crowdworkcast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, and uh, Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2017. Uh, I did take a, a bit of an extended break over the Christmas New Year period. Uh, so sorry if anyone missed the, uh, missed the podcast over that period. But I was just having a nice little holiday with the family. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I hope you had a break that was as enjoyable and rewarding as uh, the one I had. Uh, but back to it now, we've got some great guests lined up for the start of 2017 and uh, this week, uh, let's kick 2017 off in style. I'm very excited about this week's episode because uh, my guest this week is uh, is Mick Meredith, um, who is a comic that uh, I, I was a fan of long even before I started comedy. I think I first became aware of Mick when he was doing, he was doing a bit of TV stuff, working for the footy show. He was on there pretty regularly. And uh, he's one of those guys, I've always found him hilarious. And it was one of those beautiful surprises when I started doing comedy to meet him and also find out that he's actually just a really good guy too. He's, as well as being a hilarious human being, uh, he's just a very good human being. And uh, someone who's great to just hang out with, shoot the breeze. And uh, that's exactly what we did today, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, so hopefully you will too. So uh, without any further delay, let's just get into it. This is episode 17 with Mick Meredith. All right, new episode. G'day, buddy. What's your name? My name's Mick Meredith. Mick Meredith. Michael Good. Charles Meredith. Michael Charles. Yeah. That's a it's a very Anglo name, mate. My dad's Charles Michael. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Yes. Charles yeah. Michael. Didn't Listen. put a lot of effort into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so where'd you grow up? I grew up uh, in Yaguna, born in Bankstown Hospital. Nice. Lived in Yaguna for 20 years, I guess. Moved out when I was about 20, 21. Your, your old man's still at Yaguna, or? He is still in Yaguna, 88 years old, chicker. Chicker? Boy. Really? Plumber by trade. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, he lived his, he's lived his whole life in uh, Bankstown. Born in Bankstown Hospital, which would have been a shed then. I was going to say, 88 years of age, the Bankstown would have seen a little bit of change over yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, the Meredith's are actually famous in Bankstown. Oh, really? Meredith Street is our great, great, great grandfather. Oh, really? Frederick Meredith, who was the first policeman in Bankstown. He's quite famous. I actually want to make a film about him. He came first, out, first Fleeter. Wow. First Fleeter. He was a baker. Got shipwrecked on, what's that island? Up near Pitcairn Island. What's the other one? Nor- Norfolk. Norfolk Island, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he got, yeah he's quite a... Quite an adventurer. Norfolk Island. We lived. I lived there for three years really? as a little kid before I started school. My old man was a school teacher over there. Okay. So yeah. everything's on three years. Weird joint, mate, that joint. Oh, right. It's uh, very insular. It been weird when he got shipwrecked there. Just quite oh, right. mate. <laughs> shipwrecked there. So it was a, when he got shipwrecked, was that a, a penal colony at that stage or this no, pre-penal? No, no. Well, well, it would have been out in a few years after Australia, the white man discovered Australia. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, Invasion Day. Yes. The original. The original. But I think he was there. <laughs> wow. Because Norfolk Island had a, it, it has a horrid convict history. Like, brutal. Well, I'd actually like to write a play on um, uh, just me and an uh, Aboriginal mate would sit there and he would talk about, you know, Aboriginal culture. And I go, mate, hang on. My, my guy might have been a good guy. Like, he'd be bagging out the white man. Like, hang on. 
<laughs> and I just this whole story on how he was probably a good guy, and then in the end, I probably go, nah, he probably wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the thing too there, like when you look at those colonial times, they did some horrible things yeah. um, to the indigenous. Not some horrible, a whole bunch of horrible <laughs> things to the indigenous people, but they weren't even nice to a, a lot of their own. No. Like no. What the, some of the stuff they did to the convicts. Yeah. Oh, brutal shit. Yeah, no, I've looked into his histories, but uh, he's very hard to find. Uh, you can find a lot of his Australian history, but no one knows where he actually came from. So was he? did he come out as a convict or a... No, he wasn't a convict. Just wasn't a convict. Just baker. He jumped shipped at, I think it was about 23. Uh, got on the ship at Portsmouth. But Meredith, the name is Welsh, but we can't find his Welsh roots. So, nice. So. International man of mystery. So yeah, he was probably running from the law. I was going to say, and then became the law in Bankstown. Yeah, yeah, which is, and he caught uh, Bankstown's only bush ranger. Oh, really? And I can't remember the name of the bush ranger. So there was bush <laughs> rangers that lived around here in Bankstown. In, That's amazing. Around Deepwater, they used to get wow. low jobs at Deepwater. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Around the beat at deep water. That's it's been around a long time. Yeah, 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 that's fantastic. That's um, oh man, that's an interesting history. So, so Bankstown's first policeman. Yep. There, there's been quite a few since. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I've and I've actually been in the Bankstown lockup. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> what did you end up in the Bankstown lockup for? Uh, I was wandering down the Hume Highway, just near Meredith Street, actually, with a bottle of scotch, pissed with a bottle of scotch, and I just got picked up and thrown in the old drunk tank you gave you gave him the do you know who i am no well i was nobody street. oh yeah no i was probably 19 maybe they just threw me in there for the night bottle of bottle of scotch bottle of scotch that your uh, weapon of choice when you drink or no i well, i was uh testing the waters back in those days <laughs> remember it, when yeah. you were young you were just finding your drink <laughs> yeah i found when i was um i remember going to my year 12 girlfriend's 18th birthday party and that was the night that i discovered that uh Vodka was bouncy in my system. Right. In that I'd drink it and it'd bounce right back up. Mm, it, yeah. Yes, it's good. Well, I found out that Scotch whiskey was uh, uh, my... Um, brought the, the international dickhead out in me. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hence getting arrested that night. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you describe it too. Just wandering down and you ended up in the, in the lockup. Just wandering. Well, there uh, used to be a really good kebab shop on that corner. Oh, really? Which has been a lot of shops. Like you wouldn't remember it, but yeah, it was a really good kebab shop. It was like original kebab. It was early days, like, oh, this is bullshit. How how good is this food? Yeah. Where's this hummus been? This is delicious when you're drunk. Yeah, I d- I remember there was a what was the name of that one? Oh, jeez, I should know. Eh, there was another one. <laughs> there was another one up the other end. It was the border of Bass Hill and Yaguna, which was called Greasy Sam's. Greasy Sam's. And he got arrested for putting um, uh, Pal in his in his burgers. <laughs> True <laughs> story. <laughs> True story. And then that's uh, me and my mates found cockroach wings in our kebabs once. So, but never stopped us going there. No. We used to go. We used to go out there and actually order. Can we get a cockroach kebab, thanks? Oh and the guy God. would just laugh. See? Resilience. That's, Resilience. That's it. <laughs> you don't find that the from kids the kids are today. Mate, they're all precious. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Coogee Bay is still suffering from that one poo oh, in the ice cream. The poo in the ice cream. Jeez, that got some good gags for years ago, didn't it? That, mate, that got, uh, that got some serious play on yeah. the TV too. Like International. That was, it must have happened at a time of year. Like I was noticing last night, you'd see just the other day, there were those two streakers at the, the Big Bash. And... Um, 
both news channel, both seven and nine, had stories about it on their news last night. Running out of ideas, and, mate. Seven were interviewing the guys. Really? Yeah, and the two guys. Like, yeah, just well, one That's of them. That's not homoerotic, though, is it? Two guys <laughs> just running out with their tackle out. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, just boys will be boys. You'd want to be well s- built, just quietly. Oh, mate, I'm you... not running across anywhere. No, I, I was actually a keen streaker. Really? Back in the day, and, and not a lot happening downstairs, just quietly. <laughs> the snake pit. Summertime streaker. Yaguna, was it Yaguna Hotel? It used to be called the Snake Pit. Is that Cooper the road? Is that the one that's got an indoor cricket centre attached to it? No, that's the Hume. That's a on an all-in brawl idea. there. Really? On Melbourne Cup night <laughs> of all nights, <laughs> with a team from out here actually. Oh, really? The Bankstown Hoons versus uh, Reesby someone. <laughs> the Bankstown <laughs> all-in brawl. People were coming in through the you know the the flap. You got it. Mates were getting stuck in the flap trying to get into the fight. <laughs> yeah, that's not an easy one if you're in a hurry either. You really do need to think we're about all, getting through that flap. And we're all pissed. Which was stupid. Because At was, indoor cricket. Because it was next to a pub. It was part of the pub. Is it still there? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if the indoor cricket... It still, <laughs> it still appears from the outside. Last time I drove past, which is probably a month ago, and I was like, drove past and I was looking, and I looked and I went, oh, man. Because you don't... It's gone... So indoor cricket centres seem to have gone the way of the squash centre. Oh, right. Where they're just, they're not, you don't see them around as much. But there was a time when indoor cricket was, that was your Mate, suburban Mate, I loved mans. it. We were good. We were good. The Bankstown Hoons. We Did won quite a few trophies. Yeah? What what grade were you? Oh, well, C grade. C grade. Not no, up there. Still. We got a couple of ring-ins every now and again. A couple of uh, A graders in there. But uh, Do you yeah. remember the brief period in the 90s when they used to televise a bit of the... The indoor yes. cricket Bruce Reed was playing. Yes, I do actually. He was, was almost it? touching the top of the net. I think uh, Lehman, yeah, was involved in it. That's a, that's a, it's a that now that's pre Big Bash. Really, Lehman Lehman was fatter as a player than a coach. That's weird, yeah, isn't it? That's an interesting. Is he sick? I don't know. <laughs> I've just got his book. I'll let you know. Oh, okay, <laughs> got his book for Christmas. I'm currently um though I'm currently battling my way through a um a Hitler biography. Right. Did he write it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to find a, a like a Hitler biography that's um unbiased. How far are you in? Uh I'm at the moment he's he's out of Lands Landsberg, which is like when he was in jail after the putsch putched. I got I don't know how to say that word. But um yeah, he's he's just sort of consolidating the uh the party and taking his leadership. He would have loved um, his indoor cricket, wouldn't he? You'd imagine so. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he's, I don't know, like, I think he would have seen that as a bit of the, mind you, he didn't mind the Brits. He really hated the French more Is than, that right? Yeah, yeah. He the, didn't mind the Brits. Well, the, early on, they, they, when he was looking at, when they were t- looking at foreign policy, well, according to this biography anyway, um, he was, uh, he was saying basically they, um, they had some land to take back off the French settle that score out of the, the world uh, out of World War One, and they had some um, they had uh, basically his policy was to expand into the east so they were going to just take some living space out of Russia and um, in terms of international alliances he thought the Brits were probably more amenable to it you could play on the, the fact that the Brits uh, and the French were great mates oh, right. so what he didn't count on was uh, yeah Winston Churchill digging his heels in right. eventually but right. uh, yeah oh, I've never really Delve into a bit of Hitler work. No, it, it, it was only um, it was only that I, I literally I had a mate who read this biography is like a it's a consolidated version of a two volume biography. This one this British uh, historian wrote, and a mate of mine read it and and it does what I'm doing now for six the six months he was reading the two volumes. He 
drop it into every conversation he could. Oh, right. Just because it does sound pretty... Um, yeah, pretty it is. It's it? interesting. He's probably the most interesting character of the last century. Yeah. From Winston Churchill, of, of what I can remember anyway. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, oh, he's, in terms of name recognition. Yeah. Like if it was, if you were doing his, um, you know how they do on social media, the clout, your clout uh, power, you know, your name cut through, all that sort of stuff. Hitler, still. Both words, Adolf yeah. and Hitler. Yeah. Adolf. There's, Adolf's they've, enough. They've faded to... that name, man, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? There was a guy, there was a family in the US that they had their kid taken off him because they called him Adolf Hitler, Is whatever right? their last name was. And uh, yeah, there was a, there was a big, uh, big bit of a court case over whether they were allowed to do that whether that constituted the the child abuse but um turns out they were probably into a few other things as it used well to be brad fittler's old nickname but it faded out <laughs> brad fittler adolf yeah. fittler <laughs> <laughs> sure someone tried to start it up but it just never i think he didn't like it i can't imagine it's a why. pearl though especially when he was playing at east's yeah <laughs> right there in bondi junction adolf adolf yeah probably wouldn't have uh you, i think it was a penrith days though Oh, that makes more sense. Mm. You're a Penrith. You're a Penrith Panthers fan. Yep. Yeah. So Bankstown. How, so you grew up in Yuguna. Yep. How'd you end up supporting Panthers? Well, I'm a bit of a turncoat, actually. Uh, oh, really? I grew up watching the Sharks. Really? Watching the Sharks because of Steve Rogers. He was my favourite player. And uh, when I moved west with uh, my ex-wife, I just started going to Penrith games. And had a bit of footy show fame, and they booked me for some gigs and kind of jumped ship. Money which talks. Is, it's very, it's very, it's very un um, PC to do that. Very unmanly to do that. Yeah, you're not allowed to jump teams. But it was quite. I mean, I have no feelings for the Sharks anymore. I was going to say you don't, you don't strike me as a Sharks guy though. Like I was you, very excited when they won. Like I jumped when they that that last play. In the grand final last year, it was it was amazing. Like, that last play, yeah. seemed to go for about forty five yeah, 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 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I was genuinely happy, but yeah, there was no, yeah, I'm a Sharks man again. But no, no, I'm a Panthers man. But uh, yeah, I've revealed that live, wow, on air. And uh, yes, it's very it's very hated in the man world to jump. It's it's yeah. international too. Yeah, I see now. I when I was young, I went for Panthers. Um, purely because I was actually born in uh, Nepean District Hospital oh, right. out there. Um, my folks were living up at Falconbridge uh, there in the mountains. Is it Falconbridge or Falconbridge? <sighs> now there's a question. <laughs> Falconbridge. I can't remember what they called it, actually, whether it was Falconbridge. Yeah, I think they might have said Falconbridge. Falconbridge. I, uh, I can't remember. Falco. Falco. Was it Falco? They were, um, see, they were both Shire people growing up. They both Shire Jeez. born and bred. And uh, to this day, mean? the old man's a Cronulla. Oh, right. So they were they were very excited. My mum went to um went to was it the seventy eight grand final against Manly? Yeah, was it the draw? She went to no seventy three. Oh no, was it was that against Manly? As no, well? it wasn't seventy eight. That would have been too late. Seventy three was Cronulla Manly. Yeah, so it would have been seventy three. That she she the draw was who was that with? I thought that was Cronulla Manly, and they went back midweek. I went to both them. Yeah, both games. Yeah, uh, was it Manly? I gotta say, as bad as Golden Point is, look it up. <laughs> yeah, I should look it up. I'm on it. I'm an airplane. I'll look that up in a second. Um, but yeah, my, so mum and dad were both, you know, growing up Cronulla fans and uh, and um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I was born out there, so I didn't. We lived on Norfolk Island for a bit, but then we were down on the Victorian border, so you got no 
rugby league at all. Like we didn't know anything about it. So I just sort of, I knew I was born in Penrith Hospital. So I just went, oh, I'll go for the Panthers. Never really followed it. And then when we moved to Newcastle, we were going to move to Newcastle when I was about 6 to 15, 16. Um, I remember my parents were in uh, Newcastle looking for looking for houses at the 97 grand final. Right. And uh, I got home from work at the safe at Safeway. And, uh, <laughs> Safeway? Safeway, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, for any of our uh, New South Wales listeners, Safeway is basically the Woolworths of Victoria. Who's Safeway now then? I think they're still... Safeway? Safeway. Oh, I don't know. I haven't been... Or did they go to... Did they go to... Was Safeway Franklin's? No, Safeway was Safeway was as long as I can remember was always Woolies. I remember, remember Safeway was stark. You'd walk in, you're like, whoa! It's like yeah, <laughs> it was like the zombie apocalypse actually hit, mate. And we're in there scavenging for food. We um, <laughs> and when I remember the Safeway when we first moved there, I remember as a kid, they um, like mum, it was so bad. Mum would drive to Albury or Wodonga more um because Wodonga had a Franklin's. Um, which is like forty five minutes away. She'd drive over there to do the, right. the the grocery shopping because the the Safeway we had a Safeway and a Tucker bag. Um which Tucker bag. Do you remember Tucker bag? <laughs> the, the the actual paper bag um, mascot. And then <laughs> he'd talk about all the safe. I used to be a bag a bag boy at oh, really? I used to it'd be before your time. He said the bag the boy. kid that stood at the back with a brown paper bag and I would pack the bag. Yeah, see And now, my skill was to pack you'd have you have to know how to pack. Yeah, I, mate, I did. I was a checkout uh, checkout chick. I never got uh, to checkout chick. Oh, you didn't? No, mate. Because that, that would have been in the day where they had to manually. Yeah, type yeah, it. yeah. That's what beep boop beep boop noises. When when we got this, when we were first before they did that Safeway out, just before I started working there, and this it was way longer than it should have been. Like this is you know late eighties, early nineties. They must have done it up in the early nineties. Um, they still had the old um, instead of the the automated um, you know little. Your little uh, traveling oh, travelator yeah, yeah, that yeah, you put yeah. your groceries they on. They threw it down the line. They had the frame. They had a frame that they'd reach out, like you'd put your stuff oh, in a square, and they'd just yes, pull it forward. I do remember that? <laughs> and they'd just be looking at every typing all the codes, and it'd go up. And um, but yeah, I worked there as a uh, checkout chick slash trolley boy. Trolley, yeah, I was trolley, I was trolley boy backpacker. Yeah, do you have to wear the apron? The apron. We used to wear our no, uniform. No, it was just I used to uh, wear black dress pants, a white shirt, a tie, a bow tie. A bow tie, a, b- a red bow tie. No, I had a tie and a uh, and a red apron. I mean, no. used to have to wear no, no aprons. Mate, it was I love a... collecting trolleys. Yeah. Ch- Chalora Woolworths. How how far did you roam? You reckon? Did you get right out there? Oh right? yeah, I, I I worked it out. You could you could you could piss off for hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was the same. <laughs> I'd go. Oh yeah, saw a trolley. I'd, I'd say to the supervisor, like I said, actually on the way into work today, I saw it. Trolley up the top of up the top of Sanger Street. Saw a trolley near the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Better get the train out there. <laughs> we didn't have a beach anywhere near Coral, but I remember. Yeah, I remember going and getting that. And I remember on the really hot days, like because Coral would get summer, you know, you'd get low forties pretty regularly. So you know, the forty-two degree day, you go out and you'd spend twenty minutes getting the, the um getting the trolleys, and they'd let you sit in the freezer for ten minutes to cool down afterwards. <laughs> and you'd go in there, you get your little cup of water. And one of the we'd all do one of the the big walk-in one, yeah, the big walk-in, not, not the display one. No, 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 the big, <laughs> the big walk-in one out the back. And one of the boys pointed out to the rest of us at one stage that um that it was cold enough in there that if you're drinking, could you take a little cup of water in or whatever? If you spilled it on the floor, it'd freeze before cool. your eyes. So we'd all go in there and do it, and um had to 
yeah, basically there was a, a stop put to that when people were slipping. Up. Basically, right near the door, there's this big patch of ice. I thought you were going to say you turned it into an ice skating rink. No, <laughs> we just about did with yeah. the amount of water we. But the other thing they'd do is um, you'd fill the rubber gloves, fill a rubber glove with water and tie it up and just leave it in there, and cool. you'd have a, Man, a nice hand. freezer. Yeah, it was it was the it was the deep freeze. Cool, it was great. But we um yeah oh, it's Woolworths. But anyway, I got home so ninety seven. Get home from my shift. I think I was doing like a you know one of those hard shifts you do when you're there. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe a, an eight a.m. to a to I a midday. It. I hated it. One of those four hour shifts. Yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. So well, this was a Sunday. All oh, right. And so I get home. Well, see, and it wasn't sun. There was no such thing as Sundays when I was a kid, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this is, I remember that too. Is we Thursday um, night, Saturday morning. That was my shifts. Thursday night, Saturday morning. My first shift, my first job was working at the the little corner shop across from the hospital, which was known as the uh, the hospital shop. And uh, yeah, I used to do three hours every Sunday morning in there, just um, so that I think so the bloke could just piss off for the morning or whatever that owned it. But uh, yeah, but I remember getting home this day, this Sunday, and flicking on the telly, and I wasn't even aware the NRL. This is how not NRL um, down there was at oh, that right. point. One of the four games we'd get live every year was on TV, and it was the Newcastle Knights playing in the grand final. Right. And uh, my folks were in Newcastle looking at houses, looking for houses. Right. And just me and my older brother were, were left home, so I just sat down and watched watched the Knights and went, you know what, this looks like the team for me. The Knights just just won a grand final. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. uh, yeah, I'm a Knights. I'm a Knights uh, fan. Wow. Wow. Mate, which is um, it's been a tough couple of years. I'll be honest. <laughs> I just, I just thought of a great story which could tie up quite a few things we've talked about. The 78 grand final with my mate, yep. Phil Bresnahan, we're in year seven. I was at the cricket ground. We were that short we couldn't see over the pickets. Oh, wow. And the group of blacks behind us were on the cans, literally the cans. The steel steel the, cans. The tin cans of, would have been KB? Nice. And they loved us because we were these little kids on our own. <laughs> and uh, they Doesn't would, happen enough anymore, no. does it? No, they they weren't touchy. They were good blokes, and uh, the more they drank, the taller we got. We we built little stages we could stand. We could actually see over the picket fence. Oh, that's fantastic! And at half time, one bloke be they were all talking about streaking, and we we're like, <laughs> giving away, and he streaked. Oh. He jumped the fence like balls right next to my ear, <laughs> and off he went. And I think he did. I think he did a lap and just came back, if I remember correctly. Yeah, nothing happened because there was no security. That's a, I. There, there was a much more casual approach to almost everything. I should bring that up on Twitter. No one remembers the seventy-eight. Seventy-eight streaker. streaker. Where's he now? Yeah, <laughs> probably um, <laughs> laid up in bed with gout. I'd imagine <laughs> in his balls. Yeah. <laughs> but that's um. You see, you wouldn't be able to do that now. Like no. the, the one, the streaking's not going to happen. Two, you'd never be able to build a like you'd get the no. plastic cups of mid-strength beer. Well, there was never no be able seats to... where we were. It was just standing. That's uh, yeah, the good old days. That's it's the cricket ground. It's weird to look at the grounds now and think like you you know in your. I, I don't know about you, but you know you sort of picture not the not too distant past as as being very like you don't realize how different it was like when you. When I picture watching cricket as a kid, I never picture it in the old stadiums. Like, I, it just, you just never remember that detail. No. And then they, you know, when there's a rain delay or something, and they throw in one of the old matches, you go, geez, it looked different. Yeah. Like, that was... And it's just... And you look, too, in those... The gra- like the hills where the grass is... And there's just fucking garbage everywhere. And 
people are pissed. Oh, and it was good old days. I remember a state of origin once. We were so pissed and you couldn't get out. Maybe that was the cricket ground as well. I think it was the cricket ground. It was the wet one. Or maybe it was the stadium. No, it was the cricket ground because we couldn't get out and I was with my mate and I went, let's just walk down this side alleyway here, trying to get out of the ground. Yeah. We ended up, uh, it was like a car park for the gardeners or something and there was all these bins leading up to a sandstone wall. I said, I reckon we can climb that bin and jump over the wall. <laughs> we climbed up the bin and jumped over a massive wall. I got hit by a car that night too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big night. Yeah. It's a big night. Yeah. So we climbed over this wall. I think we ended up in, oh, I can't remember where we were. I should find that wall somewhere. Yeah, I've got to tell you, mate, it's it's a big night when I got hit by a car isn't the main feature of the no. story. That's just an aside. And it was just a side street off Oxford Street where I we were just running in the rain and uh, this car just hit me and I rolled over the bonnet and I just went, yeah, and just kept running. <laughs> and then the next morning woke up and went, oh bit sore and then had to backtrack and went oh yeah hit by a car wow (laughs) you know what i love i love that the idea that somewhere in sydney for years there's someone talking about and yeah probably yeah mate just driving along this pissed idiot rolls across the bonnet gets up you you imagine the range of emotions that person went through as you're rolling across their bonnet you go fuck i've killed a person (laughs) and then they see you get up and give the thumbs up and go yeah and then run off. That the, the relief that must have gone through that person at that stage. <laughs> I'm hoping that they actually see me on the footy show once when that's the guy I run over on the... That'd be amazing. That state been of origin. Because he would have been a footy fan because he would have been coming from the footy. Yeah. He's probably pissed as well. You probably, <laughs> probably. You probably, probably thought he killed me, but he yeah. wouldn't remember. <laughs> You've probably gone, oh, mate, it's, there's some bloke who's been harbouring this. Yeah. Say, oh, the night That'd I killed the bloke. Now he made me feel bad. <laughs> and he's probably, every time he's seen you on the footy show, he's, he doesn't know why, but he gets this real bad feeling yeah. that throws him. He's like, yeah. oh, mate. He's waiting for his I still know what you did last no, uh, last oh, summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of moment. You're going to go after him with a raincoat and a hook. So you've been, um, obviously, your job, comedian. How long, how, how long have you been doing comedy now? Well, I... Uh I kind of go back to entertainment. I I started singing in bands at sixteen, so I'm at thirty five years. Holy in shit. entertainment! So I always dabbled in comedy side of entertainment, but stand up is probably twenty one years. Bloody hell! So the, with the bands, like you sixteen, what sort of bands are we talking? What what was your taste of music? Oh, uh, we we were into. Obviously, hip hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we created it in Australia. Uh, me and my mates were into Kiss, stuff like that, Thin Lizzy. But um, then the Sex Pistols came along, so we thought we can start a band. Yeah, three oh, chords. Wow. This so is what you need to we do. We were kind of punk, punk rock. We were called Molten Plastic. Molten Plastic. Molten Plastic. Uh, we had names. My name was. Uh, what was my name? There was Waldo Vine. The drummer was Arnold Gutter. I think I was Mickey Nitznew. Mick Nitznew. Mick Nitznew. Which was... uh, No, no, Winston Drainpipe. That was my name. Winston Drainpipe. What was the logic behind these names? Oh, we thought they were punk. (laughs) Clearly they're not. (laughs) That's enough logic, I suppose. And we had songs like uh, uh, Smelly Seagulls, Smelly Bloody Seagulls. It was to be a posh people. Uh, yeah, 
I can see. I can see that. I can see you being drawn to that because punk did sort of have a bit of a sense of humour about no, it. We're too. a funny band, yeah. Yeah, we're a very funny band, and uh, yeah, none of those guys are involved in entertainment now. So, oh really? Yeah. What, what are they up to? Uh, I think Waldo's in North Queensland getting his shit together. Uh, Arnold, Getting Arnold shit together. Oh man, there's a story behind that. <laughs> no, I don't want to go into that. Actually. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, I have. I, I speak. Hope, with his, I speak. Hope you're doing well, Waldo. Hey, hope he's doing well. I hope he is well, actually. Yeah. And Arnold Gutter lives in Camden and uh, runs a petrol station. Hey, <laughs> local businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so we did. I did that, and uh, then I discovered heavy metal. Uh, what was the? Oh, yeah, I kind of started this band called Mortal Sin, which it wasn't the actual. Have you ever heard of Mortal Sin, the heavy metal band? Mortal Sin, Australian yeah. heavy metal band. But uh, I started Mortal Sin, and then the singer from the actual band, they're quite big. Mortal Sin wanted to audition for the band. I said, No, nah, mate, I'm the singer. <laughs> then he just stole the name and started Mortal Sin. So that's there's a bit of heavy metal history there. Well, you. there's a um a literal mortal sin to start yes, with. Yes, yes, a theft. And then I ran into him and said, "What are you fucking doing, mate?" And he says, "Oh, mate, I'm going to do the name justice." And I'm oh. like, "Whatever, whatever." But no, not many people know that story. And I'm sure blokes in the heavy metal world will probably think it's made up, but it's a true story. So uh, yeah, I tried a few. I was into black metal. Black metal. Yeah, it was all satanic. I was going to say, now, the difference between black metal and death metal to the to the outside ear is, like, a lot of people don't realise there's a difference. I, I only became aware of it a few years ago because I had a mate I worked with a couple of years ago who was a, the most timid sort of, um, sort of one of those real intellectual sort of heady mm. dudes. He was doing his PhD in feminist thought. Right. Um, at the time. and uh, But he was, he was into metal. And I, I made some. I confused at one point black metal and uh, and death metal, and uh, he pointed out that in um in parts of Scandinavia that right. that will that will cause real yeah, wars. yeah it's huge in Scandinavia. There's massive fights over that stuff. Yeah, was, I don't even know the difference myself, but uh, yeah, we did we did. I wrote satanic songs, but it was all. And then I'd write a fu- funny songs about <laughs> about girls about trying to get in the girls' pants. Because back then you could say that, but now you can't. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I think I had a bit of a hiatus, and then I started a bit of a comedy duo with a mate, and we were called the Original Deros. We'd dress as uh, homeless people and would sing funny songs. And that was kind of my foray into comedy. Who was who was that? It Are was they... uh, my sister's boyfriend, uh, and. Ironically, now my sister's gay, so uh, good, wow. on, good on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I take it the band wasn't any more successful than his love life. We just played point. parties and stuff, so I haven't seen him in years. Had a bit of a falling out. Oh no! And then uh, I uh, became a dad, and then my—that's the, where you—and then my greatest achievement. My greatest, of course, my greatest. Yeah, achievement. yeah. they're wonderful, wonderful kids. Uh, my partner at the time didn't want to look after the kids, so I quit my job as a council worker painter. Oh, nice. And did a, a course in clowning. A course in clowning? I went to the Academy of Clown, course one and two. Where was that based out of? That was in Surrey Hills, I think. Oh, wow. So is that? do we still have clowning here? or? I think that guy's still around. 
No. Nick Fury, not the guy from the Avengers. I was going to say, <laughs> wow. As, uh, maybe the quite a lot was camper he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? His, his clown name was Ace P. Freckle. Ace P. Freckle. He's quite a, he was quite a, you know, in the clowning world, he was, he was the man. And, I'm, uh, I'm picturing uh, Ace P. Freckle. That's I picture him adult, sort of a clown pulling. No, pulling. no, no. Very, very campy clown with humongous uh, brogue shoes. Oh, really? Really cool shoes he had. And he took a liking to me. He said, "Mate, you're really good. You could probably, you could probably do the kids circuit." Oh wow! <laughs> so pretty much after the end of the first uh, course, I was doing kids parties and making two grand every weekend. Really? I was the man. I was Tricky Mickey the Clown. Tricky Mickey. What so, was your what was your signature trick or uh, the big laugh because uh, I'd go into magic, I'd juggle, do a bit of balancing and then go into the ma- my first trick was to pour a uh, a whole bottle of water into a paper bag and make it disappear and then a uh, a nappy would fall out and the kids would lose their shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nappy. <laughs> Nothing better than a bit of uh, yeah. a bit of scatological humour for kids. They yeah. love that. So yeah, I did that. And then I kind of branched into magic, and I was more of a magician clown. But I didn't wear any makeup in the end. I was just oh, sort really? of a funny guy doing magic shows. But I was still tricky Mickey. And then uh, I did that probably ten years. But I always. I'd always kill with the parents. I'd do jokes to the kids and just throw ones over the top of the parents. And just nice. a couple of dads like going, a, mate. You like a good Disney st- movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of dads went, mate, you should do stand-up. Oh. And I went, yeah, I should do stand-up. Always thought about it. And then the guy that I did the original clown course with, who dropped out of clowning, who is now a lawyer. Of course. Did a uh, comedy, isn't that, comedy Isn't course. that sad to hear? <laughs> <laughs> Normally they get do lawyer and then become comedians. Yeah. But he uh, did a comedy course and I went to his first uh, show and he killed. And I was oh, really? quite jealous. Yeah. So I went and did the course and then we started doing stand-up together. This is one of the things I've, I've, I've been curious about and I've I started asking a few people is, was it when you, you know, because obviously with a lot of comedians, you, you're into comedy, like you enjoy comedy, you've watched yeah. a bit of comedy. And but there's always that thing that makes there's a, that inciting incident that makes you think oh, I could maybe do this. Do you, for you, was it you like just because you were jealous? Like some people, it's you know they go see someone really good and they go, I want to be like that. Other mm. people, they go see someone really shit and think I can do better than that. Was it which which column do you fall into? Do you reckon it was just you know I'm funnier than him? Like if he can do it, I can do it. Or I always thought I could do it. I was actually very confident that I could do it because I was grounded in working on stage. So the, there was no fear of being on stage. Yeah. It was just the material and finding out what you're supposed to do. Like, are you a props comic? Are you a storyteller? Are you a one-liner? Are you a musical comic? So mm. I kind of threw it all together and became an entertainer. <laughs> an entertainer. <laughs> an entertainer. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of... So where 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 were you like this is so twenty one years ago so what are we talking that's ninety six ninety seven is it ninety yeah nine because ninety seven would be twenty years ago yeah 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 so, I did raw in I think ninety eight okay who was uh, how'd you go in that uh, I was in with uh, Wayne House 
Chris Wayne. Whatever yeah. happened to that guy? Um, Doe. Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, who else was in it? Not a bad... That's not a bad uh, little... Um, Craig Egan, who runs Adelaide Comedy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he was in it. Who else was in it? There's a couple of guys who are actors now, but I can't remember their names. It was a pretty strong... Yeah. Wayne House One. Wayne House One. Yeah, Wayne House One. It's great. He's a good dude. I don't know if he cruises with him now. He's quite interesting on a cruise ship. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that's, uh, yeah, that's where old comics go to die. <laughs> it's pretty it's just two old comics shriveling up together in a cabin. <laughs> shriveling up like prunes. Remember the day when... That, that's my favourite um, My favorite thing about when he got the piece of wood at Melbourne last year oh, yeah. was the fact that he, when it was awarded, he was on a cruise. Oh, right. <laughs> so I, I sent him a message on Facebook saying, oh, you know... You, your congratulations, Australia's uh, you know, favourite festival comic. He got quite upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where is he now? Yeah, where is he <laughs> now? On a cruise ship. Exactly, exactly. So you got into comedy. Um, so when you started, were you always, because you're musical, you know, you do quite a bit of musical stuff now in your act. Were you always into the music or was it just, you know, catch, see what see what you could do? Or I never did the music in the early days. Really? Music was what me got to he- got me to headline. Actually, I was always like we were talking about. Yeah. What what what, how did, what did you call it? Middle of the road, mid middle. Yeah, middle. Just middling out. Just yeah. uh, Just support act. I was I was always MC and support act, and then um, I started writing a few parodies. And I remember the first day I tried it. It was at a pub in Balmain, and I was the middle. Yeah, support. And Fred Lang was headline. Do you ever met Fred Lang? He was a Sydney comic that moved to Brisbane. Top bloke. Yeah, I, I haven't met him, but um, I, do, I actually got a got a picked up a weird gig through a guy I used to know who um who organised a thing in Brisbane, and he he was telling me Fred Lang did it last year. Yeah, yeah, hard man so, to follow. Yeah, 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 which was slightly intimidating, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I had my guitar sitting on stage and we were very good friends and he came in and he went, whose guitar's that on stage? And I went, it's mine. And he went, oh, God, you're not going down that road, are you? Like, <laughs> I felt really bad because he was sort of like a person you would look up to. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? And got up and then, great set, killed with the guitar. And then I finished and we went to the break and he said, come outside. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's just going to test strips when he goes... I've seen a lot of guitar acts over the years who were just awful. But you, my friend, you are getting my blessing. You can continue oh, wow. doing this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. There you go. So it is, It's one of those things. Like I've seen, because I've seen you do sets where you, you look almost hesitant to go to the guitar for the first, you just, rolling through the stand-up. Right? Yeah. And, but it, and it is like, I've heard you sort of, Disparagingly talk about it being a uh, the built-in applause break and yeah, all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, six-string laugh machine. Yeah, but I, to be honest, like I know because some comics are like, oh yeah, musical act, you know that sort of stuff. But my thing has always been, if I could do musical comedy, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like I, I love it. I've always liked musical acts. Like just growing up, I was, I was into Tripod. I was into yeah. all those the Doug Anthony All Stars, fantastic. But it, it's weird that I it didn't not until I got into comedy did I realise that there is some weird stigma at times around it. But I think most of that's to do with um, the bad ones. Well, to do with the bad, but it's also to do with a bit of jealousy. Like it's a 
No one's ever said anything to me face. I'm sure people talk me on my back. <laughs> now, see, now, this is the thing. I've never heard anyone t- talk about... Like, I've heard people talk about um, other musical acts in disparaging. I've never heard anyone... Oh, right. you, your name's never come I've up. Heard, I've heard mates say people have put me down and then they went in and bat for me and they won the, won the conversation over saying... And the person arguing was like, oh, yeah, actually, good point. Well, the other thing is, too, I suppose, <coughs> is it's there's, there's a difference between what you do where you have you do stand-up and songs yeah. as opposed to... It's actually a weird thing when you really think about it. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I talk and talk and talk and then I just go, anyway, here's a guitar. It's kind of a weird segue into it. But people love it. Yeah, people are like waiting for it. I did Rudy Hill the other night and they were waiting for it. As soon as yeah. I picked up the guitar, they're like, you could see the sire of sigh of like relief like oh yeah it's gonna be good this is the bit this is the bit why, why did you do that shit up the front yeah <laughs> i like the shit up the front yeah that's for me yeah <laughs> the no. guitar's for them i am um, the weird thing too is because i think the the thing that a good like someone who does stand up and music as opposed to someone who just does songs and tries to do fill between the songs is that um the, the banter between the songs is actual, f- actually funny. Yeah. There's nothing worse than someone who's, especially, you know, you see, it's, it must be hard to start out with, like in the, when you're first doing five minute sets. Because if you're doing a five minute set as an open micer and you've got a three and a half minute song. Yeah. Yeah. That has one punchline. Yeah. And you're stuck in three and a half minutes with the song and how do you feel around it? And well, the trick to, Comedy songs is you got to have a punchline in every line. Yeah, there's yeah, not one joke at the end. That's my theory. If anyone asked me, how do we get into music com- comedy? I'd go, you got to have a punchline, because they just don't want to wait for the end. Yeah, no, that and that's I think or a lot be of funny the way you play guitar. And I seen this guy in Brisbane pull it off the other night. Like, he looked like a rock star, and as soon as he picked up the guitar, he played it like a rock star. So it was actually funny to watch him. Like he had the stance. And he was really rocking out to it. So I, I was like, he didn't kill, but he was come off a bit sheepish. And I went, mate, it was really good. It's actually got legs, that. Because he was really skinny. Looked like, you know, like a punk rock. He was like, eh. I liked it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And yeah. if I like it, it must be awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. As it, this, this audience are just, they're not yeah, in the know. It was a horrible room. Yeah. So you, you get around, like you tour around Australia pretty regularly now. I only do uh, Queensland and Adelaide. Don't really do Melbourne. When was the last time you did the footy show? Because you were... Oh, 2006. You were like, for a while there, you were pretty regular on the footy show, weren't you? Yeah, I did. I wrote one year for them. And then oh. that was the demise. After that, it was all over. <laughs> like, they kind <laughs> really? of sacked me. Wow. Yeah. It was the worst job I've ever had. What, what, were you, what sort of writing was it? Well, they just wanted me to write. They just had a meeting. I did. Um, yeah, you're writing Fatty's Footy Tips or something, or it's just yeah. It, I did Gingell's Bucks Party, that Channel Nine boss. Oh yeah, and uh, it was just everyone from Channel Nine there. Great gig. And then uh, the guy that ran the footy show rang my manager and said we want him to be a writer. And and Artie, my manager, went, "Do you want to do it?" I went, "No, I don't want to do it. I'm not a writer. I'm a stand-up." Mm. He says, I reckon you should try it. But if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. So it was like a weird <laughs> thing to say. I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Give me advice here. So I ended up doing it. But, uh, yeah, it was a shit fight. Like, 
They put give me this horrible little office away from everyone. So you're just stuck in a room like it, like as big as your little room out the back, hot room that stank. <laughs> <laughs> just right. Did it stink before you got there, or no, did you I bring don't that know, yourself? Man, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I just started, just wrote, just sat there and wrote. Which is weird because I don't know I don't know how you're like how you find that pro the writing process yeah but like I I write better with context yeah so if you're with the people who are planning yeah, the show yeah, yeah. it's easier to then go oh okay I'll write this and understand the purpose if you're away from everyone writing in isolation then yeah that strikes me as you're not really set up to succeed I, mean, I wrote a couple of good anti ads I wrote a few sketches. Uh, but in the end, I ended up just writing... Let me guess, it was your idea to put the guys in drag. No, no, no I didn't write any drag stuff. <laughs> in the end, I was writing the questions for the brain strain. Oh, really? So I was pretty much just writing trivia. And then I just got sick of it and used to turn up. I used to have to be there three days a week. Then I just turn up one day a week. And then they actually sacked me, <laughs> but my manager didn't tell me. And I, I went in there and, and did a day's work, which was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, they were all looking at me funny. You know when you you just, what's this guy doing? I could tell. And like when in hindsight, I looked at me and went, oh, what a dickhead. <laughs> no, no one's told him. No one's told him. Yeah. Just, just wait, he might write something good. So, uh, yeah, I <laughs> didn't, didn't leave with any uh, close friends out of it. <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember, no, but the second in charge, in, in charge, he rang up once to be on the show. And he actually rang up. And he went, anyway, oh, I just want to get you on the show for the, for the footy show because it was a bit of a theme. Was it 80s theme? You got any 80s thongs, songs? I'm like, yeah, I've got heaps of gigs because <laughs> I'm sure you haven't got any gigs. Like, he was serious. And I'm like, no, mate, I've got gigs. I've got heaps of gigs. What he went, yeah, about? right. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a... It is, it's a, I suppose it's a strange... Because you, you sort of assume, like, as a, when, you, when you're doing stand-up and you, when you're busy, you assume that people would understand that there are lots of yeah, kids yeah, out there yeah. but i suppose people don't really like yeah. a lot of people don't if they're not seeing you on the tv yeah, or yeah. what happened to you mate yeah it's like There's a lot of that happening having, having a good time like yeah. doing like out comedy. the west they're still into it they'll come to gigs but because i'm known as the western suburbs comedian so yeah but and that's um yeah western so how did so is that something you cultivated or is that just something that you felt fit just because you were well, me and my ex-wife bought a house out there, and we—I never ever imagined living in Blacktown. It was always the, ooh, yeah. <laughs> ooh. And you were from Bankstown. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I—I I, I went to Granville Tech. I was a painter, and all the other painters were from Mount Druitt, Blacktown, and they—they they were rough kids, mate. They were, you know, Proper I was rough. shocked how rough they were, like. And I was, and yeah. And you got arrested just walking down the road. Yes, there you go, there you go. And uh, like, never ever imagined living in Blacktown. And uh, we were looking for a house in Toon Gabby because that was much classier. That was that was sort of the borderline and the cheap what we could spend. Yeah, we were living at Marylands and we kept getting robbed by junkies. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, so we ended up at this barbecue and this lady goes at the bar goes, "You're looking for a house?" I'm like, "Yeah." We looked at this house just across the road and be perfect for you. It's had a granny flat, four bedroom. Oh, nice. Two lounge rooms, uh, big backyard. And we bought it there and then when I got into the stand-up, it was just the basis of it all. I just, a lot of humour would come from living there and people bagging you out because you live yeah. there. And I'm like, I'm going to turn it, turn this around. And a bit of pride. Yeah, and I actually like living there. And 
still got a house out there. Uh, but um, I did a gig at the Comedy on the Edge. Oh, yeah. Years ago. And John Robertson, Perth comic. Ever work with him? Yeah. Very highbrow, very well-spoken. Yeah. And so I don't know what it is with Perth comics. They never have a completely normal accent. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> weird. And he went on after me. I think it was like a showcase thing. And he said, oh, it's great to be on here after Mick boganed up the room. And I went, Bogan? I'm not a Bogan. And I looked at a few mates. I went, am I a Bogan? He went, oh, I'm a bit Bogan. <laughs> I'm like, oh. So it's got a, I went at build from there again. I went from this Blacktown thing. And then I just went, okay, I'll just go. Yeah, full lean Bogan. into it. Yeah, so now and now I'm kind of drawing away from it. So it's interesting self perception. I I always have trouble working out how I'm perceived on stage. Yeah. Like that that idea that, and it is stuff like that where someone says a comment like that, and you go, oh, am I? Yeah, is that me? what do you think you are? I th- yeah, I don't know. Like, what You're do you, the what sweet, lovable dad. Sweet, lovable dad. Yeah, I don't feel that lovable. I remember um, uh, Carrie Hardy came up to me one night after at Comedy on Edge and I think it was one of the first times she'd seen me host or whatever and she comes up she goes you're really and it was almost I was it was sh- almost shocking how surprised she seemed when she said it. she goes you're really likeable on yeah. stage are you stuck in the host role do you think yeah I d- do you hate that no I to be honest I enjoyed doing it yeah. to a degree but I do want to be able to move on yeah. and headline more because I reckon you and Philp are the best in the biz Philp is amazing. Yeah, but you're very different styles. Yeah, yeah. Completely different styles. Both ends of the spectrum. I mean, who else is there? I mean, Fred Lang used to be a great MC. Fred Lang, yeah. I like Cam- Cameron James is a good MC. Yeah, well, I don't, haven't worked with Cameron in years. Yeah, he's, um, it's, it's interesting. Philpy and Cam, I'll both, like, when I'll watch them um, MC and, um, it's always interesting. They they're both completely different acts too. Yeah. But I love watching them do crowd work and go. Oh, I never would have thought to go that yeah, way that's with that great. interaction. Yeah. I love a bit of crowd work now because I don't, I hardly get to MC because people just think the guitar. Yeah, and I don't play the guitar on MC. I was going to say it, it as if you're trying to um to, for a headliner. I'd imagine you know being brought on after a song. Yeah, would yeah. be would yeah. be a tough way to. No, you I know, know I know at AMC, like we were talking about it before. Mm. It's it's all about the headliner. It's not yeah. about you. It's just you. Oh, mate, you've been name-checked on this podcast numerous times when I was just getting into the comedy chat. When I talk about, I remember really uh, you and I had a conversation at the Factory Theatre one night after, it must have been one of Mark Williamson's shows, festival shows or something like that. Um, we'd gone along to watch and then we were chatting outside and you, you were telling me you just got off a cruise where it was a heap of old ducks. And I said to you, how'd that go? And you said to me, oh, mate, I've got gears. I've got, oh, you know, that went <laughs> fine. I've got gears. And I just, that idea of being able to, you know, oh, yeah. engage this gear. You've got to be audience. versatile. I mean, there's, it's, it's great to be a festival comic, but yeah, it's not going to pay the bills. No. Unless, you know, you build up a big following. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, we were talking about it before before we turned the mics on, about that idea of being, you some you know the comics that people either love or hate. Yeah, they build a fan base. Um, you know, as opposed to being like, I feel like I'm. You know, I'm that. Everyone's like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, see, I'm actually. I yearn for the fans, not to have yearn for that. People come along and see new material every year. You know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do at the moment, actually. Yeah, how's that going? Good. I'm writing a lot. Yeah, really enjoying writing. Nice. Are you doing any of the festivals or anything this year? Not or? this year, no. I might try it next year. 
but uh, I'm just going through. <laughs> I've got to um, change my whole lifestyle. I'm oh, really? Sober and vegetarian now. What? Yes. No, you really, when you said I'm moving away from the bogan thing, I didn't realise how serious you were taking it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Holy crap. Yeah. So vegetarian. Vegetarian. I've done a lot of research on it. Oh. Yes. So what's your, what's, what's now like, so late night kebab, obviously out the window. Falafel roll. Falafel roll. Yes. What's, what's the weapon of choice for a dinner? The moment? Dinner? Oh, I'm, I'm, I started New Year's Day, so I'm very early days mm. and, uh, I really not haven't nailed. I'm a good I'm a good meat cook. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not a good vegetarian cook. And my partner is fighting it tooth and nail. Oh really? Yeah, it's not very supportive at all because <laughs> she is uh, you know Texas barbecue yeah lover. Uh, so yeah, I'm struggling. I'm probably having vegetarian pizzas. I'm probably being more unhealthy now. <laughs> but it's I, I'm talking. It's a transition for me. Yeah. It's actually harder to stay vegetarian than sober. I can see that. Because yeah. like, I, I find like um, like if I want to, you know, have some time off the grog, mm. like there are other things you can, you know, like we were talking about, like I love the soda waters mm. just because you feel like you're having something fizzy, um, you know, with dinner or whatever. But with There's not a lot of great meat substitutes. No. No, I've, I've, I make a really good Brazilian slaw. Really? Very good, very good. Uh, so I just have a lot of uh, Brazilian slaw wraps. <laughs> that'd go well with, uh, that'd go well with the, the partner's barbecue stuff too, so she'd be happy with that, wouldn't she? Well, she's, she thinks it's a phase, but no, I'm into it. Yeah? Watch a lot of docos, read a lot of books. You talk to Clint Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he... Because... Uh, he, he has the arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis where I had chronic gout where I ended oh, really? up in hospital for two weeks. The knees as big as soccer balls. So. Wow. So it was in a bad way. They'd never seen anything like it. Like they had to drain my knees. Holy crap. Every morning where they would fill probably a litre of fluid. Holy crap. Yeah. And so this is this has sparked the, the new you. Yeah. No, that, that was a long time ago. But it, Clint sent me his... Uh, diet before he put it out and it, in alcohol meat eating mind I yeah. looked at it and went I'm not eating twigs and leaves mate yeah no. good luck with it by the way and yeah good good on him I could probably look at it now and go yeah I could probably do that mm. but uh, yeah but yeah it's transitioned at the moment because I'm just eating whatever I can that isn't meat that's so. uh, even the um, what are the, the big mushrooms called the the big are they portobellos or the oh, shiitakes or something like that they big mushrooms yeah you know, the real big <laughs> flat ones yeah I've seen people do burgers with them yeah I made right. I made um uh, burgers I did dipped them in egg and uh, a bit of panko breadcrumbs yeah nice. not bad because they're quite juicy mm. so this is my thing like I I've nothing like I I'm a meat eater I love my meat and that but what I realised I remember one um one Lent I gave up beer for Lent. Right. And uh, I realised, and this is this would be my same problem if I went vegetarian, is I have no imagination for yeah. drinking outside of beer. Like it's just, like it was just one of those things where I I found I was just almost drinking less because I was like, well, if I can't have a beer, well, I'm not, I'm not well, into my ciders or I'm not into any of the other stuff. So I was just like, well, and that that'd be my problem yeah. with going vegetarian. I got no imagination. 
Well, I went on the no sugar last year, and you basically have to give up bread. Yeah, and that's I love a bread. And I gave up bread, but now I'm vegetarian. I'm into bread again, so I've kind of plateaued out on weight because you've kind <laughs> of. I mean, realistically, I should have lost so much weight because because I drink a lot of beer, probably yeah. every night. Every night I'd have two long necks, easy, and now I'm having. Soda stream, <laughs> soda stream, soda stream. No wonder you didn't want the fizzy water. Soda, when I offered soda it to you. stream and uh, toasted sandwiches. So I think the breads replaced the alcohol for weight wise. Yeah, I, I, I um, I remember years ago I went because I'd, I'd always been you know especially when I was younger I was like you know vegetarian what's this and I went to visit a cousin in Melbourne and she was um she was down there doing studying doing uh, traditional Chinese medicine I believe. In Melbourne, she's uh, neither traditional nor Chinese, um, <laughs> which was as an odd choice for her. But uh, she was into that. But she took me. She goes, "We're going to go. We're going to go out to dinner." She goes, "I'm going to take you to a vegetarian restaurant." And I was like, "All right." And I knew what she was doing. She was trying to wind me up, so I just wasn't letting on. I was like, "Yeah, no, yeah, I'm open-minded, whatever." Went along, and one of the best pizzas I've ever had oh, in right. my life. Okay, it was well, a, um, uh, it was mushrooms and four different kinds of cheese. Oh, right. And I was just like, this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheese is... Oh, is, uh, you amazing. Know, the gooey nectar of the gods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, it's, uh, well, that's it. Good luck. We'll have to have you back on at some stage. You, you know what? This is this is where you need your um, your manager on you. We, we need a, a cooking book. Yes. Out of you. You could, you could lean... See, I don't reckon go away from the Bogan thing. Well, I'm doing a weekly vlog... A weekly vlog on weight loss and how I've been go- going. See, I can see you as the uh, the uh, the healthy bogan. Yeah, there you go. The eh? vegetarian bogan. How to do it? Get yeah. your. Uh, I've got quite a good support. I'm amazed how many people have commented on the videos. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's it's interesting. Clearly, you haven't seen them. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, but I, I did have to point out to you that you've been name checked on this podcast. So I oh, feel what's like the we're name even. Check? I mentioned you numerous times that story about the gears. Oh, right, talking about okay, other comedians, yeah, yeah. just talking about that when it talking about versatility. I'd love to be the wise old comedian in this comedian community, but I think it's a weird. There's pockets of different groups within comedy, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's, it's yeah. because there's so many different comics now yeah. doing it, and there's so many different types of rooms. Like I find now, like um, with the the there's a lot of um, the sign up open mics. And like, so I'll go along to one of them occasionally and just, you know, try out some new stuff or whatever. But I find there's guys you bump into there. And you go, oh, you know, that was good. How long have you been going comedy? I was like, oh, two years. It's like, oh, I've never, you oh, never right. see them outside okay. that, that sign-up thing. They've just been doing, you know, I'd say to you, oh, you ever do any of the other rooms? Oh, no, nah, just the sign-ups at I, this I stage. meet people and forget I've met them. I <laughs> oh, yeah, get to my age, you're like, Fuck. they're really friendly. And I'm like, oh, geez, I feel bad that I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. Men I and women too. So mate, I'm useless with names. I, I, I'll I'll meet people as yeah, like, yeah as yeah. they're saying their name. I'm busy forgetting it. And because the females is a smaller pool, it's like I really should remember the females because mm. every bloke's face blends in together. But I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can never be the wise old man of comedy, the one that forgets everyone. Yeah. <laughs> You, that one. Especially, too, you, if you're going around giving advice and it's like, oh, Mick gave me that advice last week and then uh, then you see you again and you say, oh, Mick, you, just the same bit of advice, mate. That's uh, 
Oh, did I give oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. You'd have to try and catalogue which bit of advice Because I've got mates like that. Oh, really? just continually telling me the same story. Oh. How old are you? I'm 35. Yeah, like, get into your late 40s, 50s, mate. Get ready for it. You yeah. might be the guy that tells the same stories. I'd, I'd imagine. I, I remember I, I lived with my grandparents um, when my, uh, like, just before they went into sort of more... Uh, care type arrangements um, and my, my grandfather had dementia and so he would literally tell oh, you right. the same story back to back but um, it was fascinating because it Did wasn't you get better at it? No, but he would pause at the same point, right. laugh to himself yeah. as though he's remembering it. Like it was he's just, still in gear. Yeah, his consistency. <laughs> he's just his act for the, for the nursing home. Mate, his consistency Heard this one? <laughs> recall. And that's what people... So when he used to go to this... Um, he did for, we organised this uh, little respite day that he'd go with this group um, for the day and my nan would have the day to herself to you know do whatever she wanted to do. And, um, you know, it's always when you go into those situations first, very charming man. Like he was, a, you could hold an audience sort of a, you know, right. sort of a guy, tell a story. And so uh, immediately at the first, they'd be like, oh, he's got so many stories. <laughs> it was right. like, strap yourself in. Uh, he does, but he, uh, he rotates the right. name, same five. Maybe but yeah, yeah. i got mates that just tell me the same. I'm like, but I'm not the guy that go, mate, I've heard this. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, right. And then at the end I go, ha, 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 So if you're listening, guys, get your shit together. Yeah, that's, um, I think, is that to do with drinking, you reckon? Yeah, it's a booze. Yeah, because it seems to me to be a, a booze thing. And I got to the stage of boozing that I don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, that's, um, I've had a few times like that where I've just like, like, um, especially when, uh, when my young bloke was crook. You know, I just have a few nights. I was like, "Why did I? I didn't feel like a beer." Yeah, just like I know. was drinking every, every day and every night. Yeah, like I'd start drinking. I'd always have a reason. Like my my auntie used to say, "You got to do good good days work before you have a beer," and I always stuck by that. But I would replace it with, "I went for a power walk for thirty minutes. That deserves <laughs> a beer. <laughs> Let's ruin everything you've just done." So I just got to that stage, and I mean. I don't know. I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, but uh, and I don't want to say I'm never going to drink again. Yeah, because that's a failure I don't want. So I'm just off it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, momentarily. It's um. I think that's good too. And it's funny though. I, remember, I forget who was saying it. That's said about um when you're not drinking, like it's easier to like if if you're if we're out and I say, oh Mick, I'll get you a beer. If you're just saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm right. Like people will go to you, oh, no, 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 mate, have a yeah, beer. Yeah, I'll buy you a beer. just yeah. one. Don't worry about it. Whereas if you say, no, I'm off the grog, everyone's like real respectful. Like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On oh, stage okay, too. If you say it on stage, people like applaud. Oh, really? Yeah, 12 days saver. Yeah, well done, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> While they're drinking a beer. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> <sighs> You're a better man than I am. Well, I tell you, this. I went to the Bayview Tavern the other day for dinner with the missus and I was looking and it was a stinging hot day. So mm. everyone's in, in there trying to be cool. Sting and I, I was looking at poured beers, going, "That is that is a work of art." Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I've got a long way to go. I was looking and like, "Oh, look at just look at the foam just dribbling over the side." There. Oh, <laughs> it is. Unfortunately, I had a microphone and I was commentating, and people looking, like, "What's this dickhead on about?" <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's one of those things. It's hard to remember. Do you remember when you first tried beer, like as a kid? Yeah, yeah. We and had, how 
like KBs. how hard it was to try and drink. Like uh, you know, when you the first start drinking beer and you're like you're having three and you're like, oh, this this is hard. This getting drunk, man. And I love the taste of beer now. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm a massive beer uh, snob. Craft beers, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you? Oh, I shouldn't ask what your weapon of choice is when you. Coopers. Drunk. Coopers. Love Coopers. Yeah. Coopers the greatest drink ever. Green and red. Uh, Stone and wood do a good one. You know. I was a homebrew nut for a year, probably longer actually. You were you in the kegs or you were doing the bottles? Just the bottles. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know how I would have gone with the keg. Mate, I went straight to the keg. Never bothered with the bottles. Do you feel like an alcoholic when you empty the keg? When you're the only one that's been drinking it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't want to say <laughs> no, but then I... No, nah, it's it's weird. Like, it, the the idea that... Because um, they're, they're smaller kegs. Like, I never emptied them too quick. But um, but it was always that um, that thing where you'd sort of, like... you'd It's too easy to have a beer yeah and then at a certain yeah, point yeah, too yeah. you know it's gonna go off yeah like, you know, it's, only, <laughs> yeah. it's only good for so long yeah. so i better have a beer that was when i was like oh okay maybe who's become the slave to this now yeah yeah, yeah. like but when when i was brewing uh and you'd keep your bottles mm. my missus would go you've had eight beers tonight oh have i who's counting she's i am yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah. but when i decided to stop brewing which is probably the the height of my alcoholism or drunkenness i was throwing them away so i was put walking down to the recycle bin so she didn't know how much i was drinking yeah so, so that was the point where i just went i reckon i need to go for the booze yeah so, when you're taking steps to conceal how much yes. you're drinking that's it's probably uh, because she was onto me yeah <laughs> i um but she hates it now i'm sober oh really yeah she's mental oh. sort your shit out woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> How do you want me? Yeah, like we'd go to the and she was the one drinking now, so I drive everywhere now. Oh, so so at least we get there in one piece. See? Oh, controversial! <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a woman driver joke. <laughs> I, I remember. I feel I feel bad because I my when my missus and I first got together, she barely drank. Oh right, and now <laughs> she loves a glass guess. of wine. <laughs> She's, it's she's very popular now, wine. Oh, mate. The wives and wine. And so she, like, and especially too, like, there'd be, um, like, it'd be unheard of for her to just have a drink if she's home at night or whatever, like, after work or whatever. And she'd only drink if it was a specific right. social occasion. Um, like, even if it was just her and I having dinner, nah, no, no, no need to drink, no, no real desire. Now, like, I'll come home after a gig and see she's had a couple of glasses of wine, and I'm like, um, am I a bad influence? Yeah. Like, uh, Did you try and catch up then? No. <laughs> what I realised was... It's a race. I do most of my drinking these days on my own, yeah, on yeah, my that's lounge. that's what I was doing too. Because it's... Like, if I'm at gigs or whatever, I don't generally drink. Like, I might have one beer at the end of it. But I'm just... I don't know about you. I'm just not good enough. Like, and it's always fascinated me, the guys that can go on stage drunk. Yeah. I'm not sharp enough. Like, my brain... My brain doesn't work quick enough yeah, as I it is. Yeah, I could do it. I did it for years on cruise ships. Yeah. See, I... Yeah. I, it, it's not not something I can do, I feel. Um, so I've always just... Which is a good thing because I've always sort of not drunk, mm. um, which is good. So when I'm gigging lots, I drink less than... Um, yeah. If, yeah. I get a, if I get a week at home, yeah. that's like... My brain's still like, well, it's your night off. Yeah. You know, have a drink. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, this... Oh, man, this uh, over the Christmas period. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, oh. I, yeah, I hammered it. 
Yeah, nightmare. I've been sober since New Year's Day. So what? Fifteen? Sixteen? Sixteen? Sixteen days sober. Wow. You're sixteen. Yeah, I hammered it. You're sixteen day chip, mate. I'll get that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just address the audience. Yes, I'm an yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. Wrong, wrong meeting. Wrong meeting. <laughs> Not wrong, super, wrong podcast. Not super anonymous <laughs> when I asked you, <laughs> asked you your name and stuff at the uh, yeah, start yes. of it either. Oh, that's fantastic. Mate, that is probably uh, about all the time we've got today. Thanks Gosh. very much for coming out. No worries. My I'll, pleasure. Um, I'll get you back on when you've, uh, when you've got some more recipes to share, the yeah, vegetarian yeah, yeah, stuff, mate. Yeah. I'd love to hear I how do. that's I'd, all I going. I did start making a cookbook when in my 20s called, what, uh, what was it? What was the three three men in a baby on it? One one bloke in a kitchen, I called it. I got up to about sixteen recipes, and then really? just let's um, be a be a book somewhere sitting in my mum's garage, you know. Mate, yeah, dig it out. I reckon yeah. I, I'm big. I think into there's this. a lot of shepherd's pies in there. <laughs> shepherd's pie. Sixteen ways to do shepherd's pie. <laughs> Sweet potato, potato, purple potatoes. <laughs> what is a vegetarian shepherd's pie? You reckon? You use lentils or something, the beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chickpeas. Right. You do this chili con carne. Well, chili not without, not the con carne, but like bean, a bean chili. Yeah, you do yeah, a good yeah. one of them, I reckon. No, mate, the vegetarian restaurants are very good. Like, I, I like a vegetarian burger. Yeah. Me and Freed at a geese at a veggie burger the other day with Mizell and Mark Williamson, and it was delicious. She's uh, she's gone vegan. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a um, yeah. That's a, no, it's 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 a happening thing. It's a, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. A lot of people. I can't say I'm ever going to commit to it myself, but uh, but it's like it's like um, when you all your friends think the same politically, you yeah. don't realise there's other people that are Have completely opposite views. to you. Yeah. When you start eating certain foods and you get other friends that do the same, it's like, oh, look at these meat eaters. So well, for me, the biggest. Um, the biggest eye-opener with vegetarian food and stuff is when you actually... When I started to meet people that were into food, like yeah. really liked food, but were vegetarians. Yeah, well, I... That's I'm where you go, oh, this must be this must be doable. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, In a sense, you know, when you, you met that the, the year eight girl that you, was at school or whatever, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. vegetarian now, and they just never liked food that much. Yeah, well, I was a foodie. Me and the missus mm. are foodies. So now I've got to work out the vegetarian foodie version. Oh, mate. Well, you've moved closer to the inner west now. So yes, yes. Auburn. You're in the right part of Sydney. <laughs> Auburn. West. When did that become inner west, really? Oh, mate. It's uh, it's ridiculous what what's becoming the... Uh, that that's stretched out now. I've got a mate in Belmore who's, uh, who was told he was in the inner west. Inner west. He's like, no, I'm, Belmore's not the inner west, mate. So mm. where's the inner city? I don't know. The inner city must... I suppose if you're looking now, Camperdown, I suppose, no. would be starting to be I lived in Petersham in my 20s, and that was the inner city then. Really? Yeah. Petersham. Yeah, I probably suppose. And went further back, probably to... Oh, no, that might have been the border. Petersham. What's after... Pe- Lewisham. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember... Um, see, my, my, my grandfather, my dad's old man was um, born and raised in Balmain and mm. always considered himself a boy from the western suburbs. Is that right? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's uh, ridiculous <laughs> when you think of it. It's just, uh, mate, you can see the Harbour Bridge from most of the, <laughs> the suburbs it's you grew up in. changed in my lifetime three times then. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, mate, you'll... um. I'm, mate, I'm big on this uh, this idea that you're uh, 
you can be the uh, the healthy bogan now. The healthy bogan. I think this is the uh, the next iteration of Mick Meredith's career. Right now, looking I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking forward to a, a big year. I can see. I, I can normally don't look forward to a big year, but yeah, I am looking forward to it. Mate, I'm I can riding see you. and keen to go to open mics. We didn't Plug. get into that. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I'll, mate, I'll have you back any time to chat. We can come back in six months and you go, I've seen your new gear, it's shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, you should uh, go back to clowning. <laughs> let me be honest, you're uh, funnier when you eat meat. <laughs> Play guitar, dickhead. Yeah. I've heard that at gigs. Play oh, guitar, really? dickhead. See, that's the, that's at least you've got that. Though. <laughs> if they don't like me, it's just like, get off, dickhead. <laughs> you never get At least that. you get a second chance. Yeah, you're, you're the lovable dad. The lovable dad. Yeah, I don't feel as lovable. As, uh, as people think. But anyway. Anyway, thank you very much for coming out, Mick. No worries. And we'll see you next time. Oh, actually, before we go, do you want to plug the, the vlogs and stuff? Do you tell people where to find you, mate. Yeah, there'll be. it's on my YouTube channel, which is just Mick Meredith, and my Facebook uh, Comedian Mick Meredith page. So just type in Mick Meredith on Facebook and it'll come up, and it's a weekly thing. Too. It's going to be hard to... Make it interesting. It's only it's only two minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. mate, this is and this is too. I'm just realising you you did a Peter Fitzsimons uh, impersonation yeah. for a little while. Well, Jonas is very yeah. excited because I'm going to be thin here. Yeah, I was going to say you'll he's losing weight, you yeah. lose weight. Mate, he's he's looking very good. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I think he's better looking than his missus now. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> that happens though, doesn't it? Oh. Wrap it up. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. See ya.